0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Ross Strader. We're so glad you've joined us today, and as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, Bethelbible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter, at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. Sometimes technology can be both frustrating and disconcerting, but when you see how God is using technology to get the gospel into all the world. It's exciting. So if you'd like to be a part of the 1 in 12 ministry, touch base with Jeff out in the lobby after the service at the table and he'll tell you what you can do. One thing I would like to mention before we get into the message is that on November the 11th we have Discover Bethel coming up. Now if you've been coming to Bethel for some time, and you're wondering what is the next step, it's Discover Bethel. It's an opportunity to come together, have a meal with staff and other leaders of the church, and just have a chance to look at Bethel in a little greater detail. So I would encourage you to sign up online, go to Bethelbible.com, and then you can look at Discover Bethel and sign up there. Well, this morning we're going to be continuing our series of Jesus in the Old Testament, and we're going to be looking at Moses, one of the greatest characters of the Old Testament. Moses' ministry to Israel provides a shadow of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ to us. Sometimes we throw throw around words like, type and shadow and prefigurement and as I was thinking about how to kind of explain that in a in a way that we would all understand I thought about going to Sam's on a Saturday okay now stick with me on this how many of you have gone to Sam's on Saturday and you kind of wandered through the store and you you came over to the food department And they have all these little trays set up, these little stands. And on those stands are these little cups. And you get samples. And you get to taste test the different things. And I don't know of anybody who doesn't enjoy grazing through the samples. But you know, no one would walk away from that and say, wow, that was a great meal. That's going to hold me until tonight no what it is is just to give you a taste so that you know if you buy that is a greater flavor coming well in a very real sense that's how god shows us more about himself in the old testament we have characters who because of their ministry and their life They minister to a point showing us something better and then we come to the New Testament and in Jesus Christ we see the best if you were to ask any Jew who their spiritual hero was many times they would say Moses Moses was one of the greatest characters of the Old Testament and greatest minister to Israel. Now, when we look at Moses in the scheme of the Bible, last week we talked about Joseph. And Joseph closed out the book of Genesis. Now, imagine there's a 200-year time of span of time and then you have the book of exodus and moses is the character that we are introduced to right up front in the book of exodus when we think about moses and how he's portrayed in the book he comes onto the scene in a time when Israel is looked at as an enemy by the Egyptian people you see when Joseph originally brought the children of Israel down into Egypt 200 years before they were honored they were respected because of Joseph but over the time their numbers grew and they appeared to be a threat to the people of Egypt and so they put them into bondage and they made them slaves and so at this time, they're looking for a new way to control the population. And their decision was every, first, every male who is born will be killed. Well, into that scene is born Moses. And Moses' mother took him and laid him in the river in a basket, hiding him from those who would seek to kill him and by God's providence along walks an Egyptian princess and just at that time Moses happens to cry this Egyptian princess found him and her heart was drawn to him and she took him out of the water and took him to the kingdom and he was raised there in the palace and he became a member of the royal Egyptian household. A number of years pass. Moses still recognizing that while he's grown up in the Egyptian household, he is really an Israelite at heart. And one day he's out walking through the city and he sees an Egyptian assaulting an Israelite and it says that Moses killed the man and because of that Moses had to flee Egypt and he went into the area that we call the Sinai Peninsula and for 40 years he lived there as a shepherd until one day something happened that so unbelievable he's taking care of the sheep watching them and he goes by this bush that begins burning burning but not being devoured and out of that bush God spoke to him and called him to go back to Egypt and be the one who would deliver God's people the Israelites from bondage and take them to the land that they had been promised. When Moses did go back, he went up before Pharaoh, the king, and he delivered God's message that the Israelites were to be released. And Pharaoh didn't agree with him. In fact, God had to bring ten plagues, devastating the nation of Egypt, finally ending with the death of the firstborn child of anyone who was not being protected by God. And after that, Pharaoh said, you can leave. And Moses took them and led them into the desert to a mountain called Mount Horeb. Sometimes it's called Mount Sinai today. And there God gave Israel the law. But because of their disobedience, they wandered for 40 more years in the wilderness in which Moses served as their leader. And before they went into the promised land, the land that God had said, I'm going to give you, Moses died. But as you look at the history and especially the first 20 chapters of the book of Exodus. I would encourage you to read those chapters too, to get a taste of who Moses was. And you may want to read even more because he's one of the great Bible characters and one of the greatest leaders in the history of Israel. Now Moses isn't just talked about in the Old Testament, though. Here in the New Testament, the author of Hebrews uses the faithfulness of Moses to explain the ever, the even greater faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 3 and verse 1, we're going to read how Moses, great as he was, was just a shadow pointing forward to Christ. The beginning reading in Hebrews 3 and verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses was also faithful in all God's house. That were to be spoken later but christ is faithful over god's house as a son and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting and hope the writer of hebrews compares moses to jesus describing the faithfulness of moses as a servant but talking about the faithfulness of Jesus as a son. As Moses served God, he was a shadow, a sample, a prefigurement of the one who was worthy of more glory than Moses. We might ask the question, what is it about Moses? What is it about Moses that makes him a prefigurement or a type or a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I look at the ministry of Moses, I believe we see a shadow of the ministry of Jesus in the way that Moses was considered a prophet to the nation of Israel. Moses himself understood that he spoke God's words. He understood that he was a very special man. But he also understood that on Israel's horizon there was someone coming who was greater than him. When Moses was coming to the point that he knew he was going to die. And he came before Israel and gave a farewell speech you could say his final sermon in that he reminded them of how he had led them for over 40 years and how that they had basically grown up as children under his leadership and then in Deuteronomy 18 15 through 19 that is part of this farewell speech Moses says the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you from your brothers it is to him you should listen just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly When you said, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see his great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, they are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require it of him. Moses takes the people that he's speaking to in this farewell address back 40 years in their history. And he takes them to Mount Horeb in in the Sinai Peninsula. He's speaking about their parents here. They were not even born yet because out of the disobedience of that first generation, God allowed all of them to die in the wilderness and raised up this new generation. And so in a real sense, Moses is giving them a history lesson. And he wants them to remember that when their fathers had been led out from Egypt, that they were led to Mount Horeb. It was there at Mount Horeb that Israel received the law from God written on tablets of stone. It was there at Mount Horeb that Israel, their mothers and fathers, had declared before God, we will be your people, we will live according to your laws, we will honor you and serve you. And then literally, a few days later, right at the base of Mount Horeb, they crafted an idol of a golden calf. And there they worshipped that idol. And they fell under the judgment of God. And it was here at Mount Horeb that Moses went up before God. And Moses became their mediator. Moses went before God and pleaded with God that he would not destroy these people. He pleaded with God that God would not simply not judge them, but that God would go with them, that they would be able to see his face and and walk with him, And because of the way Moses came between the sinful people and a holy God God forgave them and said he would go with them as their God but it wasn't because of Israel it wasn't because they were great wonderful as a people but he did it because of Moses. Moses was the intercessor. Moses was their redeemer in this situation. The people understood what they had done, and they understood what Moses had done with coming before God as an intercessor for them. And in Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21, we read that now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and they trembled and they stood far off. And they said to Moses, you speak to us, And we will listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of Him may be before you, that you may not sin. And the people stood far off, While Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. For 40 years, Moses served as their intercessor. For 40 years, he spoke on behalf of God to his people, and he also spoke on behalf of the people to God. It went both ways. They lived continually with the realization that they couldn't obey God's law. They lived with a continual understanding that God was holy and they were sinful. And while they could not live up to God's law, they they longed to have a relationship with Him. And so as the prophet of God, Moses served as their mediator. One who stood between the holy God and them as a sinful people. We're told that God would speak to Moses in a very unique way. God described it that he would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. You'd see for these 40 years, what would happen is there was a tent that was set outside the camp of Israel. The nation of Israel would arrange themselves and the families in a certain way so that they were like a big square of people. But outside that, outside the city, we could say, there was a tent. And that tent was separate and what they would see is they would see Moses begin walking out of the camp and walking toward that tent and it says in Exodus the 33rd chapter where it describes this that the people would come to the doors of their tents and bow down and worship and that out of heaven would come a pillar a cloud representing the presence of God and that cloud would literally come down before the door of that tent and there Moses would serve as the people's mediator talking to God about their needs and then hearing from God about what they needed to do. When we think about the broad view of the Old Testament. There are a lot of prophets. People who were divinely appointed. Prophets who legitimately carried the communication and the message of God to the people. Men like Joshua, Eli, Samuel, Hannah, Nathan, David, Isaiah, Elijah, Esther, Jeremiah, Daniel, Zechariah, Malachi, they all represented God and they all proclaimed His message. But none of them, not a single one of them, was in the same classification and category of Moses. For whom it said God spoke face to face as a man speaks with a friend. You see God had said I'm going to send you a prophet another prophet not a prophet that just simply communicates what I'm telling him to say but I'm going to send you another prophet that's going to be like you one who intimately relates to me who I know as a friend Someone that I have this close relationship that's unique and special. One author noted that although the promise of a prophet like Moses might loosely refer to many of the prophets, it was understood by the Jewish people that the ultimate fulfillment would be in some specific climactic individual, the Messiah. That's the reason why when we come to the New Testament and early on we see the ministry of John the Baptist, and we read that the religious leaders, the Jewish leaders at that time, came to John and he asked, are you the prophet? They wanted to know, John, you're a proclaimer of God. You're one who's boldly saying what God tells you to say. Are you the one we should be looking for, the prophet? And John said, "No way, I'm not him." But it wasn't just a religious idea. The common people of that day was also looking for the prophet. Philip, an individual who was going to be one of the first disciples of Jesus. After he was introduced to Jesus and talked with him, he went and found another friend of his by the name of Nathaniel, And he told him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. In Acts chapter 3, we have the sermon of the Apostle Peter after Pentecost. And it's a sermon in which he lifts up Jesus as the Savior, as one who was crucified, buried, and and rose again, one who had been declared to be the Messiah. And then Peter, Peter, it says for Moses truly said to the fathers the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren and him shall you hear at all things whatever he says to you and it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people you see Peter said here's Jesus The one who came, gave his life, was buried and resurrected from the dead. He's the prophet. Something very similar is written in the first chapter of the book of Hebrews. Verses 1 through 3, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. And then after he made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You see, when we come to the New Testament, we see who the prophet is. The prophet is Jesus. Now understand, Moses was great, And he spoke in a way and knew God in a way that no one before Jesus had known. But in reality, he could never fully behold the glory of God. Because Moses was like you and me. He was a man who was a sinner. He was a man who struggled with anger. In fact, his anger... Led him to kill a person. He was a man who would get discouraged. He was a man who would experience frustration when the children of Israel would act in a way that, that he thought was foolish. And he was a man to whom the law was given just like it was given to anyone else. And Moses himself would bring offerings symbolizing the forgiveness of sins that God would grant. Moses understood that while he had a good relationship with God, that he wasn't perfect, nor was he sinless. And he understood, like Israel, that Israel needed someone to represent them before God. You know, if I come to God in my sin, I can only expect to be held accountable for that sin. And I can only expect judgment. While Moses and Jesus were both prophets, the great difference was that Moses spoke for God and Jesus spoke as God Jesus was God in the flesh the one who knew God personally the one who had been face to face with God in eternity and knew him in an intimate way that Moses could have never imagined the first chapter of the Gospel of John we can't read all of it, but I'd like to read about three different verses. John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, speaking of Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of As of the only Son from the Father full of grace and truth for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ no one has ever seen God the only God who is at the Father's side he has made him known you know I believe that there is within every person a desire to know their creator when you look at all the histories of all the the cultures in the world there is always someone or something that is worshipped because God has created in us what has been called a God-filled void a void that only God can fill within our souls Sometimes we just try to ignore it and believe it's not there. Other times we try to fill it ourselves. We try to find something in life that will make life worth living. And other times we'll run after religion. Trying to do more or be more or go through certain practices or certain ceremonies hoping that that will make us acceptable to God. But while we focus on us and what we can do, what we need to do is focus on our mediator. Focus on the one who came between God's judgment and our sin. We need to focus on the one who interposed his righteousness so that we could be forgiven. You see, when you try to make sense out of the death of Christ, it doesn't make sense apart from the fact that he was doing something so special that it can't be avoided. When Jesus died on the cross he died there for your sins and for mine when he was buried in the grave and then resurrected three days later that was god's stamp of approval that this perfect man who knew no sin would not suffer death you see jesus became our mediator. On the cross, he came between our sin and God's judgment so that you and I can have a relationship with him. When we place our faith in Jesus, when we believe in Jesus as our mediator, when we believe in Jesus as the one who has come between us and God to make peace, when we believe and trust that, we enter into that rich and wonderful relationship with God that many call salvation. Moses had to (laughs) repeatedly mediate for Israel. For 40 long years, Moses would march out to that tent. The pillar and the cloud would come down. Moses would mediate on behalf of the people. And then Moses would come back to the camp. For 40 long years, Moses sacrificed a lamb. Would provide other offerings that symbolized but the one in the future, the one on Israel's horizon, would provide once for all. Moses' work was never finished because he was like us. But Jesus' Jesus' work, once he made his offering for sin, once he became our mediator, the one between us and God. When he did that, he was able to sit down at the right hand of God in heaven. In the book of 1 Timothy, chapter 2, this is what is said. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for us all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. He stood up for us so that by faith in him, his righteousness can be counted to our credit. My prayer for you this morning is that if you haven't reached that place in your life, if you're still searching to fill that that void within your heart, that something's just not right there. And if the Spirit of God today has has touched your heart to say, you need to believe in Jesus. You need to believe in the mediator that once for all time has stood between you and God so that you can have peace and a relationship with him my prayers if you haven't made that decision yet that you would just silently as we pray together just say Lord thank you for being that mediator thank you for being the one Who came between me and God's judgment so that through your death through your payment for sins I can be forgiven let's pray together father in heaven we come before you thanking you that you are our mediator thanking you that we don't have to stand at the bottom of a mountain fearful because of your judgment but that We can boldly rejoice that we can boldly celebrate that although your son had to die he died for the best reason of all he gave himself to redeem all of humanity so father we thank you that you have honored jesus as the greatest prophet that in him we have life that is permanent. Life that is given to us that is eternal. All because He was the mediator. So, Father, I pray that you'll take our lives, that you'll use them for your glory. And, Father, if, if there's doubt today and there's the there's struggle, I just pray they turn to you and trust you now. Father, we love you